This is Jam D. Mateus, and you're listening to Into the Night, a Moon Knight podcast. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night of the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 236, and you are with your high priest of Ray. Hello, everybody. And uh, if you look into the air, into the sky, it is a waxing gibbous, and so that means contrary decrees we do an other side of the moon. In other words, we're doing a comic with Moon Knight in it, not necessarily his title series and joining me for this adventure is a um, returning co-host justin the owl <laughs> osgood justin welcome back thank you ray thank you for having me and thank you as always loonies for listening awesome awesome to have you back justin as well and um i just want to start off the show as i usually do with a big thank you of course to the patroonies such as yourself justin um those listed as co-producers and executive producers on each of the episodes a big thank you to daniel drew justin derek kyle wayne jordan josh james anthony and michael Uh, you can also see them not only in each of the episodes but uh, the Patre- uh, Patreon Temple on the ITK Moon Knight website. Um, <laughs> also, uh, sponsors have to give a shout out to these great Patronis. Tombs on SoundCloud, uh, and Drew also does Lurk Music on Bandcamp. So, uh, Drew produces some dance music, and you can hear that on SoundCloud mm. under the, the moniker Tombs with a Z. Uh, and he also creates some horror and sci-fi inspired soundscapes on Lurk Music. That's with a CK on Bandcamp. Uh, as always as well, A Fringe Night by Daniel Doing, an original indie comic based on Erie, Pennsylvania's very own superhero. And Dreamland Comics from Illinois, the superhero superstore. Uh, so some fine stuff there. Justin, uh, do you think you'll be dabbling in a bit of Drew's music? That sounds interesting. Absolutely, yeah. That definitely sounds like something I'd be interested in. So I'm going to take a look on SoundCloud and Bandcamp. What was that German band that you you were surprised were in the comics? Uh, one of your favorites? Belgium. Oh, Front 242 was Front in, two. uh, yeah, they had an ad in uh, an issue of The Spectre back in the 90s that uh, I was so chuffed about, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was, was that dance music? I can't remember. Is it electric? They're electronic. kind of more, uh, they're electronic, yeah. They're, yeah. They kind of got lumped in with the, the industrial subgenre ah. for a while, but yeah, they, nice. they've kind of done a little bit of everything electronic, yeah. Do you yeah. like, um, I remember, do you like KMFDM? Or mm. KMFDM? Yeah, they, yeah. yeah, they've actually done a lot of festivals and, and tours with Front 242, yeah. yeah. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I used to love KMFDM, yeah. Yeah, I, I just remember it. the only reason I got into them was uh, there was an awesome scene from uh, Street Fighter, the animated movie. Oh. Uh, yes, I remember. That. Oh, it was so oh, Chun Li versus that. Vega. And yes, it was fantastic. That was fantastic. I was pumping that. It was a, an absolute. I can't remember the rest of the movie, but that movie, that scene, 
where she fights mm. Vega. Oh, brilliant. Um, anyway. Yeah, I think that was one of the best. Yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, uh, loonies, we are here, unfortunately, not to talk Street Fighter. We're here to talk about Moon Knight, mm-hmm. the other side of the moon. So Justin and mm. I will be looking at Marvel Fanfare Volume 1, Issue 38. Uh, Justin, what is this subtitled? It's called... Whatever happened to Podunk Slam? Okay. Hell yeah. <laughs> I love this name, Podunk Slam. It's crazy. I do too. Yeah. It um, is. It really is. We're, we're, we're in for some more uh, Moon Knight weirdness. Looming. Yes. Yeah, we'll, we'll get into it. We'll see what the hell is going on. Um, now, for listeners that aren't familiar or have just joined listening to the podcast, what Justin and I will do, uh, we'll go through the credits. Uh, we'll, we'll give credit where credit is due to all the creators, uh, where it's available as well. Uh, then we'll go to a bare bones, which is a, a synopsis, a summary, just in case, uh, in case you haven't got the comic uh, and you still want to follow on uh, this episode, you can hear what this story is about. Uh, and so we'll do that and that will be followed by some aspects so Justin and I will then kind of dive deeper into the story uh, start, to, start to bring out stuff that we liked stuff that we didn't like stuff that we didn't mind that sort of stuff um, stuff 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 everywhere <laughs> and um, we'll, we'll finish it off with a moon rating system now we do have two systems here and I always ask the co-host Justin you've got first dibs would you like the vanilla rating or Connor Shoes rating system for tonight well, I, I usually pick Connor Shoes rating, and I don't want to get too predictable. So I think for tonight, I'm going to pick the vanilla one just to switch it up a little bit. Excellent. So uh, we score these out of 10, out of various things, the vanilla rating being the moons. Uh, and Connor Shoes, well, you'll just have to wait and see. Uh, yeah, I mean, but starting off, you know... Oh, actually, I should I should say say the credit. So released June 1988, uh, writer Joe Duffy, penciler Judith Hunt... Uh, Inca Bilton Kevich, colorist Eric Lee, letterer Jim Novak, and editor Al Milgram. Now, this is available, unfortunately, only in floppy. I had a check. It's not on Comixology yet, and it's not on Marvel Unlimited. And, uh, Justin, as you mentioned, it's not in any collected edition. Yeah, I was really surprised about that, that there was no collection of any of the Marvel fanfare stuff available, but there isn't. Yeah, yeah I think... So. Th- I think there's a bit of a hole there. Mm. They need to kind of fill that yeah. gap. Um, we do see, yeah. I mean, you know, I've said many times before, like I, I love collecting the Epic collections, and they have mm-hmm. started the Marvel 2-in-1s. There's one volume at least with The Thing versus, you know, whoever. Um, mm-hmm. But, yeah, Marvel Comics Presents and Marvel Fanfare seem to have fallen on the wayside, so hopefully they, they fix that up soon, hopefully at least on Marvel Unlimited. I hope so, yeah. I think, actually, though, that this story and the other two Marvel fanfares in which Moon Knight did appear, mm-hmm. unless I'm mistaken, I think that they're all going to appear in, in one of the future omnibus that was announced for next year. Yes. Oh, very. I think, yes, I, thi- I think you're right. I'll have to double-check what, what I said <laughs> in the previous episodes. Um, we did have some information. It was confirmed. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. Uh, it, it might well be the omnibus volume two which will cover hmm. i think the rest of the mensch run fist of conchu and it may indeed have some mm-hmm. of these um these uh, tales in there so uh hmm. we're getting there and and hopefully this tv show is pushing <laughs> everything along justin so um hopefully we'll yeah, get more and more mm. yeah 
Um, now, Justin, because you have the dulcet tones, you know, um, <laughs> I was wondering, I haven't, haven't asked you off air, but would you be so kind to, um, to read out my, my hackneyed job of a, of a synopsis here? So, Absolutely, no... <laughs> yeah. No, it's a great synopsis. I'd be happy to read it. Okay, excellent. So... At the Danielle Clark Home for Lost and Friendless Girls, <laughs> a mysterious intruder enters the dorm, leaving all the girls scared and running for cover. Meanwhile, Mark and his art dealer, Spence, ruminate over a mysterious artifact named the High Priest Death Mask of Koala Moomba. Mark agrees to loan it to the Natural History Museum before his calling for philanthropic work beckons with Frenchie at the door. Coincidentally, it's to take the girls of the Danielle Clark home to a podunk slam concert, an abrasive and corporate boy band that gains mainstream appeal. Mark later receives visions from his own high priests of Conchu, warning of podunk slam, but he can't make out why. Deciding to spy on the band, Moon Knight reveals a potential conspiracy before being discovered and swings away, escaping the shots of Podunk Slam's bodyguards. Moon Knight later visits the band in their dressing room, and after piecing together the puzzle, warns them of the curse that the relic has bestowed on them. Podunk Slam's manager, Appletree, intervenes and attacks Moon Knight. Calling on the crazed fans to do his work, Appletree incites a frenzy crazed fans burst into the dressing room attacking Moon Knight. It's later revealed the death mask of Koala Moomba has cast a curse on Podunk Slam. They can retain their youth at the expense of their fans. Appletree had cut the deal for the band, ensuring their success, but the, at the expense of many a girl's youth. Moon Knight shatters the relic, and Podunk Slam return to their older, aged selves, much to the disgust of their fans. Yes, so that was a Marvel Fanfare Volume One Thirty Eight. Uh, thank you, Justin. Um, yes, uh, doing justice there to, to the, the synopsis. Um, first off, before I forget, I always forget to say this: uh, overall impressions. Um, what did you make of this? This, I guess, odd tale. It's it's so odd, but it's it's so Moon Knight in its weirdness, and that's one of the reasons I love it. Is that mm. it's kind of another bizarre tale for Moon Knight, one of one of many weird ones in, in his yeah. long canon. Um, the thing that makes me laugh is the the home for for lost and friendless girls. <laughs> yes. Like, wow. I mean, friendless girls—that's harsh. That's I know. It's as if they're not down enough already. It's like welcome <laughs> to the home of lost and friendless girls. That's you. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. Yeah, um, that is so harsh. But yes. Yeah. I yeah, um. I, I, overall, I really liked this issue. I I love Joe Duffy's uh, mm-hmm. writing. She's a great writer, and um, I loved her work, especially in Catwoman. In that oh, okay. 90s series, when Catwoman started, she was the the writer. And when that started, and I love that. Okay, um, Joe Duffy. Yeah, Joe Duffy is a great writer, and she also um, co-wrote Fist of Conchu number five a few years oh. prior to this. So she is 
she did have a little bit of prior so she's got a bit of, of yeah so she's yeah. not it's, she's not new to moon knight here i know her name from um some classic i think iron fist um issues mm. um yeah yeah yeah, yeah so uh, but i haven't i mean i haven't I, you know paid too much attention to what she's done but she's done yeah i i think overall uh, this issue was very fun, um, and mm. uh, it kind of ticked the boxes, as you said, of, of uh, Moon Knight themes and giving that kind of vibe. It's that sort of thing, mm-hmm. isn't it? It's not like it's a bit a bit mystical to do with relics, of course, and and especially in this mm. era. This is eighty eight, so um, we're talking about the Fist of Conchu kind of era. Um, this is the, mm. the different iteration of Moon Knight, where he's very much artifact based. Um, so I think it's very apt mm-hmm. to. Um, to have it, but yeah, it was a, it was a fun tale. Um, uh, first points, if we can dive deeper into this, uh, I guess you did mention uh, the the home of lost and friendless girls. Um, I just wanted to point out Danielle Clark. I wonder if that's a reference to anything, or could be just a friend. I don't know. What do you think? Oh, I don't. Yeah, I don't know. Was, yeah, I didn't think about that. Danielle Clark. Yeah, might be like Joe's I'm friend. Not... Danielle said, "Look, put me in a comic." Oh, okay, I'll, I'll name you. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> or maybe it was somebody she didn't like. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. True, true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. actually, before we start, let's. I mean, I want to talk about the cover. I rarely do this, but I do mm. love to to at least acknowledge the cover. Uh, what did you make of this, Justin? It's. Uh, I think it's very. Uh, evocative uh, of I don't know it, it just really draws you in. It really does, yeah. And and I I remember the the first uh, Moon Knight Marvel fanfare I think it was number thirty with that gorgeous painted cover, oh, and that yeah. was so striking. And then mm. and then this is striking, but in a different way. Um, it, there's a lot more use of shadow here. It's a lot darker. Yeah, um, and it's. You can definitely um, see the the influence of Bill Sienkiewicz here, which is yes. lovely. I think I think this is the first time he returned um, to to do anything with Moon Knight after the series. Isn't oh, it? okay, yeah. yeah, that would that would make sense, wouldn't it? I mean, he's always kind of, I guess he's been around a little. You know, he's done the covers and he's helped out. I, I know mm-hmm. he later on did uh, a bit later. This is eighty seven, eighty eight. They started doing some stuff for for Spider Man during the Clone Saga, um, mm, new mutants, right. of course, yeah. that sort of stuff. But mm. yeah, it's um, it's really good. I really like the cover. It's very unusual. F- um, it's kind of like an aqua. I don't know what is this, like a blue green um, mm. cover. And like the thing an I love about yeah. aquamarine, yeah. And the thing I love about Marvel fanfare is that it's not kind of beholden to like a core, like a core character. You know what I mean? Like as in. Marvel hmm. 2-in-1, you know the thing's going to be there. Mar- Marvel team-up, you know Spider-Man's here. Marvel fanfare, it can like hmm. flit about. So you get actually Moon Knight's exactly. face in that little icon in the top left. Uh, and so you kind of yeah. are reassured that this this is a Moon Knight book, essentially. Um, hmm. um, a spotlight. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a huge spotlight on it, um, on Moon Knight. And and this is great. I mean, so the, the front cover has what is the death mask of uh, Koala Munba. Uh, and it's got some mm-hmm. kind of spiritual spectral arms grasping and strangling Moon Knight, who, mm-hmm. incidentally, uh, Justin, I, I guess I'll jump straight into artwork. I found what I found really interesting. I love the art, um, and mm-hmm. Bill Sienkiewicz inks it. But uh, what was your take on the face, I guess, of Moon Knight? Because it's actually seen very clearly here in the cover, and his face is really kind of clearly seen throughout. 
Yeah, throughout the issue. Yeah, mm. when he has his mask on, mm. and yeah, this is the first time that that I had I wasn't familiar with Judith Hunt's artwork me, me before now. I read this. Yeah, um, but I really enjoyed it. It. I wonder because the Fist of Conshu series, you there were some um, some issues where you did see more of his face uh, yes. against the mask. Mm-hmm. There were a lot more of that that kind of that style of of drawing his face. So. I think Judith probably took inspiration from that since that was the most, at the time, the most recent uh, mm-hmm. visual version of the character. Yes. I really like it. I think for this story, it works really well. I, I really like it. It's it's, yeah. it's great, and the, the inks are fantastic. It, it actually gives a bit more of a specter feel to, to me um, because mm. she really does... Judith Hunt goes a step further. You're talking about the Fist of Conchu... You can actually see Mark Spector's teeth, his lips, and his mm. and his mouth on on the mask. I mean, that's yeah. really hugging his face closely. If it's like that, yeah. He, his nose, yeah. yeah, his nose isn't even squashed. It's almost as if he's got this second skin, like this white skin mm. over his face. Um, so it's a very mm. different look for Moon Knight. Uh, but uh, yeah, I mean, I like it. I like it as well. It's something different. We don't see it that often, um, mm. but it really does. Um, I guess differentiate this issue from you know other versions of moon Knight. and we've seen mm. plenty of different versions of the costume so uh yeah that was a mm. nice defining difference um yeah, yeah it was, anything... it was nice to see the uh the the three high priests of Kanchu as well in this yeah they, they made a brief return in the scene on page eight where he's having mm-hmm. a vision of of uh all the stuff that's happening and it was cool to see them again i we didn't see those high priests very much. We only saw them for a few issues, and then they were gone. So, yes, I was like, whenever they pop up. <laughs> so, very much a, a reference. Uh, we're going to just flag references to the Fisaconchi, as we've mentioned before. Um, so, no surprises there that Joe Duffy had a bit of a hand in in the Fisaconchi issue five, as you mentioned. Uh, so, she's drawing mm. from that. Um, yeah, but yeah, no, they were good to see as well. Uh, I like it because what they do. In, in this particular story, at least, is that they, for Mark, at least, because we probably know a bit more, um, it's a bit of a mystery. He gets his visions, and uh, they're kind of very random. So he starts having these visions of, um, like, older people just wandering around. Um, the der- the city's derelicts. Um, he, he sees his visions that they're growing in number. Uh, and then he has mm. his vo- vision of uh, Podunk Slam, who... <laughs> Justin, I don't know what they, they look. There's a a bit of Beatles in there. There's a bit of um, Buddy Holly. I don't know what mm, to make of them. Kind of like um, Frankie Valley in the Four Seasons, that type of thing. Yeah, yeah. Like Frankie Valley um, from Hell, that type of yeah. yeah. But they, and this was the, like at that time, and I think '88 when that whole boy band mania was coming back. Mm-hmm. Like you had, like new. I think New Kids on the Block had just started, or something oh, wow. like that. Yeah, I think so. Gosh, yeah, man. this was this was very, I think, timely for that <laughs> for that year. The, it's so funny though yeah. because um, I look, you know, I remember New Kids on the Block, of course, uh, uh, but I never really, I, don't know, I guess, paid any notice or put together um, how corporate some of these bands were. It was for me, it was like mm. the Spice Girls was like the real kind of discovery of okay, these. 
you know, these businesses are just bringing these people together. Um, so I found right. it quite interesting, like that back in here, like 87, 88, um, it's really on the nose. Like Joe Duffy really spells us, spells out to us. I mean, she even says, where is it? If I go, there's that first um, description of the boy band, five boys who combine a staggering lack of talent as singers, dancers, or actors when decked out in the requisite androgynous costumes, flashing boyish smiles and bursting with energy uh, can capture feminine hearts and pull in huge sums of money. So it's really, I don't know whether it's a, um, a com- uh, it must be a commentary on it, but it's also a little bit mm. of a, um, a bit of a, you know, this is, look what it's doing to music, I guess. I don't know. Mm. That, that's what I got. I'm not sure if you thought that. Yeah, I, I definitely got that theme that that they were kind of showing that side of it that probably hadn't been talked about much. Mm. The, that's that very kind of um, image centric, which is the really ironic part about this is that everyone was so um, hot for Podunk Slam until they, they found out they were old men. Yeah, which... and then all of a sudden, as soon as the curse was was the spell was lifted, and they realized they were old, they're like, "Oh my god, gross!" So yeah. it's 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 also kind of a commentary on the obsession with youth and how yes, people, almost people will do any anything to to retain their youth, the cost mm-hmm. of other oh, yeah, people my... as well. Yeah, yeah, most definitely. It's that kind of eternal. Um... I guess story of, of searching to to stay young and and to um, mm. probably for these guys I'm not sure it's never really delved into whether to recapture that flame that they had when they were young I'm not sure if they were musicians before it's never really spelled out um, mm. as Joe Duffy says they're terrible at what they do so <laughs> so maybe they're just you know pretty pretty faces um, mm. but what I found I found that funny because with the advent of you know, like the Rolling Stones, like marching on with their tours and, and older rock mm-hmm. stars gaining more and more uh, popularity. I, I found that funny at the end. Um, it's pretty yeah. mean at the yeah. end as well. They're going, oh, God, how disgusting. They're so old. And, I know, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're so harsh to these guys. They yeah, It's so fickle, yeah. isn't it? I mean, <laughs> for being such big fans, maybe maybe that's a bit of a commentary on fans as well, like how fickle they can be. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Because these guys are the same guys. I mean, they're just a little older. Uh, mm. But, of course, that, that massive deception, yeah. that can't sit down well. Right. Yeah, and the and the nature of this the deception as well, how they were stealing youth from their fans, that's another thing. Yeah, yeah. So uh as we kind of alluded in the synopsis, so the the beginning opens up with a um uh, at first I thought it was some sort of zombified person, but it, it's just an elderly person. Um just wandering into the into the Daniel Clark home for lost and friendless girls, and we later find that that person is just just one of the the uh, residents, or you know, or, or mm. just a, a girl in general, um, who has uh, unfortunately fallen under the spell of it. Uh, rather evil, isn't it, um, Justin? Yeah. So we get the manager, Apple Tree. Um, Apple Tree, yeah, <laughs> really being he's behind the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's raking in the cash. You can tell from looking at his purple pinstripe suit oh yeah absolutely it's not like he's not gaining anything from this like he he pitches it as you know guys we're doing this thing so you can remain young and you know Mm. you've got lots of money you've got lots of girls after you um but he's he's raking in stuff himself so um yeah 
strangely looks a little bit like Doctor Strange. <laughs> and he I, does I did, a little bit, yeah. yeah I yeah. did think that with um, because he dabbles in, in the magic, right? He somehow, we don't know, but he somehow is caught wind of what the death mask of Koala Munba can do, uh, and mm-hmm. he's very much across it, and he uh, he does it. Um, it's something quite exciting, I think, to possibly go into. Would I don't know? Would you think there's some room, Justin, for learning more about Koala Munba, or is it uh, pretty much run its course in this issue? Well, I I don't know. I think it would be interesting to revisit it just as a random tangent for maybe some future one-off story. Mm-hmm. Some of some other relic of Koala Moonba shows up. That, oh no, not another one! <laughs> what is it with this Koala Moonba place? <laughs> no, Everything exactly. that comes from there is cursed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, so we so again, we we kind of just um, hover around characters. So we got Apple Tree, who's pretty. Um, pretty mean and and he's pretty uh, sleazy too because he, he flaunts the contract the contract in front of uh podunk slam and he says we made you stars you know it's yes. basically throwing it in their face the whole time about it exactly exactly so yeah he's a typical sleazebag manager yeah mm. yeah um so he's i think he's done quite well i mean he doesn't really need to be flesh out that much um he, he does right. his does what's needed um, for this story. Um, but we got a lot of incidental characters here, Justin, so I wanted to get your thoughts. We get, mm. um, we see him in the Fist of Conchu as well, I'm pretty sure, in Fist of Conchu issue three, because uh, we did an audio reproduction of that. But we see Spence, Mark Spector's yes. art dealer, and I think it was really nice to see him um, back. Um, mm, me you know, too. A small yeah, I like Spence a lot. Yeah, me too. He's, he's gotten lost along the way, like, I think he's been largely forgotten in the Moon Knight stories. Mm. Um, but hopefully maybe he, he gets a, a revival somehow in the run, in the Jed McKay run. That would be run. nice. Yeah. Yeah, see, see him pop up somewhere and hopefully not die. <laughs> yeah. I, Some, I, I don't know. Yeah. I, I, don't li- I don't like it when, when writers bring back, you know, long-lost, yes. forgotten characters and just throw them in just to get have them get killed just for shock value. Oh, I, yeah. I me, me too. That's tired. But... Mm. Well, one of the yeah. things I'm very yeah. happy with in this Spider-Woman, uh, just uh, to, you know, go tangentially for a bit, um, they've brought back Lindsay McCabe, a color Pacheco, and Lindsay McCabe is from Volume One. Like she was the best friend of oh. Jessica Drew, and that's so good. Like a lot of the fans are like, "Oh, that is so what a callback!" Um, oh, so, but that is cool. That's mm, great. Yeah, so she's a stunt woman. She's got no powers. She's just a good friend. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, it's nice to have that kind of um, character to bounce off. I guess Mark's got plenty mm. of that. Uh, in his kind of ensemble, but I mean, Spence is great because it gives a little bit. It gives the art corner of you know the mm-hmm. as- aspect or the relic aspect of Moon Knight, and I think um, mm. he uses he's used really well to introduce that. So in this story, of course, uh, he he comes up to Mark and he, he talks about the Kuala Munba death mask. Uh, Mark's not mm-hmm. too impressed by it, but uh, he, he Spence knows you know he knows a lot about it, uh, but he's also thinking mm. about how to. I guess, um, ha- vested interest for Mark as well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, keeping him safe from the curse, as it were. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and there's also, as well, Justin, I wanted to pick it up. I'm not sure if you had any thoughts. It's not Stephen Grant here. It's Mark Spector. 
um, mm, acting I as the that. yeah, acting as a millionaire or whatever, or philanthropist because mm-hmm. right? he, he visits the the home. Mm. Um, so I wonder if Joe Duffy was. Do you do you remember in Fist of Conchu whether his other identities were? I, f- I I feel like it, throughout the whole Fist of Conchu run, it was just he was just called Mark yeah, the whole I've, time. Yes, I I, I don't remember seeing I don't remember seeing Jake or Stephen at all in, the, yep. in those issues. Yeah, yeah, I have a sneaking suspicion because again that issue three that um, uh, reference to Spence. I think it was Mark again. He he came on a, a bicycle and he was talking. Yeah, that was mm. Mark. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's interesting yeah, in that I... in, in this era, those identities mm. similar to the Mark Spector Moon Knight have been kind of and that and that is the subsequent run. Um, so mm-hmm. it was it was almost after the end of the Doug Mensch run, those identities were kind of like put on the shelf, which is. Mm. Hmm. It's strange. I, I wonder why. I wonder. I wonder why they decided to do that. What their reasoning was behind that. If they thought that it wasn't, it, it wasn't interesting enough, or mm. if they thought that people weren't didn't understand it, or yeah, I don't know. Maybe they, because I, I, I recall uh, apparently Chuck Dixon for the Mark Spector Moon Knights edit, editorial. Just wanted to focus on the mercenary Mark Spector aspect of it. So you get the great mm. um, arcs of the trial of Mark Spector and Bosco Verde. You get mm. the Blood Brothers, that sort of thing. Um, I yeah. feel, yeah, I feel in Fist of Conchu there was a heavy leaning, obviously, towards the Egyptology side of things mm-hmm. uh, with the High Priest of yeah. Conchu, the relics. So again, maybe that's why. And they just say, look, let's mm-hmm. concentrate on that. Let's not bother about these other identities because, I yeah. mean, at this stage as well, then it's not really clear whether that is a mental condition or not um mm. it's it's pretty ambiguous it's it's almost as if mark is putting on the roles like you know he's just an actor a really good actor mm-hmm. so maybe they thought that was not interesting enough um and we mm-hmm. see later on in the early 2000s that the um that the did or multiple personalities mm-hmm. come into play yeah and I, I always thought that was much more interesting personally mm. much more interesting but yeah, I I don't know I don't know what their reasoning was. Maybe they just wanted to kind of simplify the character a little bit for the for the audiences and make him where they where they were also revamping his look. Maybe mm-hmm. they just yes. kind of wanted a whole fresh start for the character for a while. Yeah, it's it's a yeah. hard one, isn't it? Because it's around this time, isn't it, Justin mm. of the West Coast Avengers? So we see him mm-hmm. jumping around. So I, if they. Again, I'm just thinking if they wanted to have him as part of the team at the West Coast Avengers, they probably wanted to spruce him up a bit more. Um, mm. I'm thinking and that's why they gave him the bells and whistles. That's why well, we get the whole kind of scarabs and, um, you know, ancient bling, uh, and yeah. monks. Yeah, and the bling. Um, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it's hard to tell. It's all it's all speculation from here. Um, but, yeah. Uh, the other character as well, Justin. I know uh, your favourite and mine, uh, Frenchie. He, he at least gets a look he, in here. Yes, I was happy to see Frenchie again. I, I don't think that he was in the other Marvel fanfare. I, I think oh, Marlene 30. was in that. Marlene was in that one, but I don't remember yes. if Frenchie was. So okay. it's great to see him again. Yeah. Yeah, it is good, and and I like it when writers, you know 
make an effort. I mean, we see Spence here and we see Frenchie. Make an effort to at least include a couple of the characters. Um, yeah. Because they're, they're so interesting. And there was that too. great moment. Sorry, there was that great moment too at the concert, the Podunk Slam oh, concert, yeah. where, where Mark looks over and, and Frenchie's like, We bravo, sing Nervous Venus. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that made me laugh so hard the first time I heard that. I was like, Oh, that's great. And, and there's just a shot of him um, just sitting slouched. He's in a suit as well, Mark. Yeah. Um, just as bored as hell, but surrounded by these girls. Um, I, I must note as well, I mean, while we were talking about Judith Hunt, um, I really did love her layouts as well. I thought mm, um, mm, yeah. what she did, she played around with them. Uh, they weren't all kind of really static. Um, that instance there where you're talking about with Frenchie, uh, you get a nice establishing shot of Podunk Slam. But then she does these like four identical boxes so you can kind of follow Mark's mm. movement. Um, yeah, then, yeah. Mm. And then, as you mentioned, the high priest stuff, she kind of mixes it up and there's like a montage within within the panels. So nothing too crazy, but um, but I think pretty pretty sound. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to have a look here. Like, there's no angled... There aren't any angled uh, panels or anything. So mm-hmm. I, I think it flowed pretty well, um, but, yeah, without being too, yeah, too flashy. Mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I, I really like the scene, uh, the the battle scene where, uh, towards the climax, Moon Knight is fighting with the guards. I really oh, yeah. liked all four of those panels. I thought that that oh, looked yes. really good. She does use a lot of like full on square panels, doesn't she? Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but sometimes you see the the action go outside of the panel, like in the first one where Moon Knight punches that guy. You see his hand kind of go out of the panel. Oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Just yeah. uh, that's true. Uh, yeah, uh, and then you get some some really nice classic shots of. There's one I, I really like of uh, Moon Knight swinging away um, mm. with a crimson, I guess, knight, and there's a full moon in the background. Um, so mm-hmm. some some really good hero shots as well. But yeah, I mean, yeah. overall, I, I really did like the the art. I think it was um, I think it's really good. Uh, and mm. you can, as you said, with the cover within the pages as well you can really see the Sinkevich kind of influence with the inkings Mm -hmm. yeah yeah yeah, but he doesn't and that's it shows what a great inker and what just what a great talent is he doesn't overpower her her pencils at all he doesn't overtake anything just embellishes it makes it look really good so yeah I I love it I love this combination yeah with his inks and her it's great and um, uh, of course as well with the, the, the great paper stock for this, um, mm. I, I want to shout out again the Eric Lee colours. Um, they were they're quite, they pop out really, really well. Um, yeah. And he uses, yeah. he uses like the pinks and purples, like I, I find. They really mm-hmm. pop out. And, and he uses them a fair bit. He uses them in like the flashbacks of, um, of the, mm-hmm. the fans, adoring fans. Podunk Slam's outfits are all in pink mm-hmm. as well. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It just, it just creates a really nice vibe, uh, and then you have the the death mask, which is like red and black and yellow, um, so mm. that really pops out. Yeah, I agree. I love the colors in this. So the the paper stock makes it really vibrant, mm. and yeah, each each page looks great. It makes you want to keep turning the pages and see what's next. Yeah, <laughs> um, for sure. And uh, we were talking about like you were uh, mentioning some of the fight scenes, so. We do get some action here, which is great, of course, uh, as any comic book reader 
of superheroes at least would be expecting some sort of um, fight. So we get very mm-hmm. different enemies here, um, mm. Justin. We get Apple Tree, of uh, course, with his thugs. Um, yeah. But what I found interesting at the end, as mentioned, <laughs> Apple Tree incites like a riot, um, and mm. Moon Knight is fighting little <laughs> little girls. <laughs> Uh, who would have thought? <laughs> a, a, yeah, a mob of screaming girls. Use your heels. Use your nails. They're screaming. <laughs> yeah. Well, and to be fair, uh, Moon Knight doesn't. It's not like he is punching and kicking them. He really is in in a bit no. of a, a bit of a um, position here. He says, um, "What yeah. does he say?" Um, I, yeah, I, I can't seriously be expected to defend myself against children, can I? Um, and uh, yeah, he, they they break down the door and they start they start getting him. But um, so that was quite I think that was quite fun as action goes. Uh, it's not your typical yeah, action. Mm. Um, <laughs> I think that's the first the first and only time that we've we'll ever seen Moon Knight uh, trampled by a, a mob of screaming girls. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, it actually reminded me of um, I can't remember where or when, but there was this instance in the Punishers like run where he gets um technically he gets beaten by this little girl like she he didn't expect it and like she just punches him like really hard in the you know in the the regions um, and oh. he, yeah and he just falls over and he's just he's you know he's laid out <laughs> it was it was pretty funny um so i it's kind of like it's, yeah it's similar to this like you have a vigilante who's quite menacing um yet mm-hmm. kind of can't beat uh, a bunch of screaming fans. Um, I thought that was right. Quite funny. Yeah, that are trying to protect their 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 idols, their teen idols. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, it was so good. Yeah, but I mean, apart from that as well, I mean, working backwards, he does fight more of the goons, which is fun. As you mentioned, that four panels, which is really nice to see mm. him in hand to hand action. He looks almost strong there. He's kind of oh, that's that's it as well. He does have his strength, mm. doesn't he? Um, yeah, so, because of the phase of the moon. Yeah, he yes. lifts that one guy right up. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, so we've got to remember that yeah. in this iteration of Moon Knight, uh, it's even mentioned as well, I think, by Spence or Frenchie, that uh, he should have his super strength. And Mark as well. He's going, He actually picks mm. the knight to go out to investigate based on the phase of the moon. So um, it's a really cool idea. I really do wish that they, in some capacity, bring this power back. Um, I do like him as normal, but as as long as he's enhanced but not you know not hog strength i think we've talked about this before yeah yeah i agree and i i love the the little powers i mean it, it doesn't make him overpowered at all yeah. and it doesn't make him more of more or less of anything it just makes him unique i think yeah yeah hopefully they'll they'll put a little bit of that here and there maybe mm. maybe they'll throw it in as a surprise you know just to kind of I hope so. It'll be one of those situations, maybe, where you know he it looks like he's going to lose, and then all of a sudden it's a full moon, and yeah, yeah, he's able, he's able to, yeah, do it, something. It, I mean, what surprises me as well, Justin, is is going through like some social media like groups and stuff, and and people chatting, and um, and and even the non Moon Knight groups and and fan bases, um, I see I come across a lot of like casual like Moon Knight fans, and. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are of the understanding that he is superpowered. So, although it, mm. you know, this has really influenced uh, this era has really influenced, I guess, the outlook of of Moon Knight. Because uh, for me, 
is largely just a normal dude, right, with gadgets and stuff. Um, but for mm-hmm. a lot of people, they do say, "Oh yeah, isn't he like isn't he super powered with the moon or something?" Um, funnily enough, that's only in the Fist of Conchu and in this issue, uh, and maybe some other incidental right. issues as well. But I found that mm-hmm. quite interesting that people kind of lean towards that. Yeah, that is interesting that casual fans are, are looking at that. I wonder if they're getting him mixed up with another character or if they're <laughs> re- reading something else. Because there are some other moon believing characters as That's well. That's true. Well, that might be it. Yeah. That might be just a generic understanding or thought of, oh, yeah, Moon Knight. Oh, yeah, he's got to be got to be powered yeah. by the moon. Yeah, yeah. Full moon, definitely, yeah. 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 Yeah, but I would love to see the powers return. Maybe, maybe where we're kind of getting more of a kind of a quote unquote supernatural um, undercurrent in this mm-hmm. in this new series. Maybe that maybe that will return potentially. Yeah, I, you know, I, mm. I wouldn't be adverse to it. I think it would be pretty cool. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know, Justin. Is there anything else that you want to raise here um, in particular? Um, no, I think we. Yeah, I think we really covered everything. I like, like I, said, I love the colors. Like you said, the mm. use of purple and like the, kind of the pinks and magentas and and some of the vibrant blues. It's really beautiful in this issue. And mm-hmm. um, I hope when it does get reprinted in in some form, if it is an omnibus or whatever, that the the colors look as good as they do here. Mm. Oh, no, absolutely. Um... Hopefully, because unfortunately Marvel have been guilty of just using really poor paper stock. Um, And you see that with a lot of the old comics. Uh, They just fade and they they bleed into... I've I've got... Where they bleed, the inside of the comics Mm. bleed onto the cover. Like you see the the cover becomes almost transparent. I hate that. Um, Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah, yeah. That's terrible. Luckily, we don't see as much of that anymore. But no. for a while, it was bad. Yeah, yeah, um, and definitely not in in this sort of stock. You know, again, this is great. Right. Like this this issue could last that I'm holding in my hands, unless I, you know, crush it. It lasts a good other <laughs> fair few years. It's great. I love it. Oh, um, definitely. Yeah, yeah. I guess the final thing I wanted to say was. And this might be due to the format of Marvel Fanfare, but it does end up pretty abrupt. Um, there's a little bit of a mm-hmm. acknowledgement from Moon Knight that um, he'll have to alert Menzies about Apple Tree inciting a riot. So um, we we don't see Apple Tree. You know, he doesn't get apprehended or anything like that. Is the main focus is that Podunk Slam turn back into their kind of older selves. Um, mm. But yeah, we don't get that, and and. Uh, I guess the ending is that, you know, the fans are kind of disgusted with, which is fair enough. I mean, like, which is a good ending, but, you know, I'm just mm. thinking of, uh, you know, if you're really to tie up some loose ends, there's a lot here still, like, you know, um, yeah, there is it, also, I it guess. It would have been nice to see Apple Tree get, at least Apple Tree get rounded up, you know. Yeah, Apple Tree rounded up. Um, I, sorry, I, I do, my fault, I looked at the page just before, we do get to see the kids rejuvenated back to their youthful selves, so that's that's something, mm-hmm. like one panel for that, which yeah, is good. Yeah, some, some closure at least for their story. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and I guess Podunk Slam, I mean, they're still out there. They're just older. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, There was a little bit of a dynamic as well. Um, Sorry, Justin, if I'm just to go back a little with Podunk Slam. So we see it, and and I guess it's, you're always going to have to have a conscience of of like the band. Mm. And there are five members. Mm. Um, I can't remember which one it was. Uh, There's one 
there's one guy, Philip, maybe it could be. I don't remember all their names. I think um, so. Yeah. 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 Rick, Harry, Gervais, Phil, and Charlie. So one of them has a conscience going. Oh gosh, what are we doing? This is really bad. And it seems mm. like the others are um, are pretty much on board with you know with having the fame and the fortune. Um, but I guess again, the lifestyle. Yeah. Yeah, the lifestyle. <laughs> but as far as characterizations go, I guess you just need that one to kind of embody something you know that it's, they're not all evil themselves that they're there's at mm. least a li- little bit of sympathy towards them um, yeah yeah i liked that that was nice to see that one voice of of reason amongst that group yeah yeah so um yeah i mean um if, if there is nothing else to uh to raise i'm just having a quick look through our prompt sheet yep uh yeah so yeah mainly it, it is about this um chase for eternal youth and um, mm. doing whatever you can. It's almost as if, like, the Death Mask is a... It's like a, a deal with the devil, right? But um, Right. Just, just another yeah. riff, riff on that. But, um, mm. yeah, Justin, I guess uh, issue 38, Marvel Fanfare, what ever happened to Podunk Slam? What would what would you give this <laughs> from the vanilla... I love the title. What, what would you give this vanilla rating? <laughs> I would give this a 7 out of 10. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so top end of a waning gibbous. Um, mm. Yeah. Um, look, I, I would give it, uh, from Connishu's rating, uh, I'd give it almost a solid round boy. I'd give it a six and a half. Um, mm, nice. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I found it enjoyable. I, I, like, I really enjoyed it. I can't fault it. And I wasn't bored. I was entertained. It's a nice little mm. story. Uh, it's something that I would read again. But, you know, but it isn't... You know, it isn't Tolstoy or anything like that. <laughs> not not that not that comics have to be, but you know what I mean. It, it's it's just yeah, yeah. it's just a fun bit of adventure, uh, and you know there aren't any um, like memorable or, or uh, really striking villains, but but there is enough opposition mm. here for Moon Knight, uh, and we do get to see his supporting cast. So it's an enjoyable read. I, I can't really fault it. Um, but yeah, seven out of ten, Justin. Uh, any. Any yeah. thoughts why why not giving it uh, give it any higher or lower? Um, like you said, the the finale was really hastily wrapped up. I mm-hmm. felt like if they had added a little, little bit more to that, I probably would have given it higher marks. And and there w- really wasn't a lot of action in this issue, which yeah, you know, we don't really have to have that in every single Moon Knight appearance. We don't have to see him, you know, in, in action all the time, but. There wasn't really a whole lot here. You see him throw a, one of his scarab darts at one guy and knock the gun out of his hand, and then there was the one scene where he fights the guards, and then the girls come and trample him, and that was pretty much it. So mm. um, that that was another reason I felt like it could have done with a little bit more yeah. in the action no. department. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I, I did like the the angle of um of, of this story being around like musicians and the fame uh, I, I found that was quite interesting you know it's not it's not common that you get a lot of comic book stories based you know in and around musicians um mm, and, and the true, music industry yeah. yeah so it was something different um actually before so listeners that was a, a seven out of ten for justin six and a half from me uh so it's a pretty very similar, um, averaging at at around seven. Um, so it's it's well worth a read. Uh, Justin, before we go any further, I wanted to actually I forgot to call out. Um, what did you make of the editorial? <laughs> <It was>, um, 
<laughs> I loved it because in because the, I mean, I did too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, so just to to paint the picture a little bit for loonies. Um, uh, so what what we you know we seem as normal now. I think was such a big thing back in the day. Justin, and so we get Joe Duffy and Judith Hunt, so a writer and penciler, both female, um, which is mm-hmm. yeah, which is pretty cool, and I'm I'm glad that it they is, kind of called it out. Yeah, in this and the other story that's in this issue as well is mm-hmm. both uh, that's written by Joe Duffy as well and uh, illustrated by Colleen Doran. Yeah. Um, yes. So yeah, I I love that, and and also yeah, in in this editorial gal, he lists off. Um, he mentions that when he started in comics, the only women artists that were uh, around were Marie Severin and uh, Ramona Fraden. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and then he lists all the other all the other um, female artists and writers in the next panel. But it, it's kind of funny in the thirty some odd years since then, there are so many more yeah. <laughs> female writers and, and artists and and inkers and colorists, and it's it's great. It's, it, you can. It's nice to see how far um, we've come since then. Oh, absolutely! And um, and I, I've got to call out now. Like my my favorite writers, I mean, genuinely have to be at the moment. Well, you know, I'll put Jed McKay in there as well because because he's done a great work great work on Moon Knight. Mm-hmm. Um, but current mm-hmm. writers, definitely for me, are Kelly Thompson and Carla Pacheco, just smashing it on mm. Spider Woman. So um, they certainly yeah. have come a long way. And it's really funny in this little nine panel editorial gal, uh, you have Al Milgram counting off his fingers first. You know, Marie Severin and Ramona Freyden. And then the next panel, because there's so many, he's, he's having to use his toes. So he's counting off his yeah. toes as well. So it's, it's a little bit of a funny. Uh, I, I like it. It's very kind of tongue-in-cheek. And, and at the end, uh, the only way to go, I guess, you know, to move forward in the business is <laughs> he puts a wig on. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know what to make of that, but I kind of get what he means. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. It was cute, yeah. yeah. I, I like how he said, too, sheesh, I haven't had this much hair on my head since college. I love that. Yeah, it's cute. Yeah, yeah it, really it was really cool. cute. Yeah, that made me smile, yeah. Yeah. So, that yeah, was Ed, uh, Al Milgram. Al Milgram, yeah. So, yeah. Who, who was a fantastic artist in his own right as well. Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, but he, he's uh, he is the editor for this instance in on Marvel Fanfare. Uh, and for listeners, yeah, so this is like a uh, just on the inside of the cover. Um, it's just a, a little funny spoof kind of thing of, of Al Milgram just before we get into I love that. Like Marvel do that, you know. They did that mm. a lot. Actually, back in the 60s even, they even had Stan Lee and yeah. Jack Kirby in the comics, which was pretty cool. Yeah, they um, did. Yeah, I loved that. Yeah, yeah, it was so cool. But this is yeah. more like, this reminds um, me more, more of what the, you know. Uh, oh, yeah, of, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I I definitely recommend people getting these individual issues mm. of Marvel fanfare, even if even if they do collect them in some yep. type of format. Because another reason is because I don't I don't think that in any collection they'll probably add any of the the pinups or like mm. the posters in the end. And in this issue, we get some great ones. And I think in Marvel fanfare that was the standard. There were some some yeah. full full page pinups in the back of each one. They were always so good. I, I love I the pinups. Um, yeah. Bob Bob Layton did some um some great ones in the other Moon Knight issue maybe or something. Ah, some, right. I can't remember. But I I remember some really good Bob Layton ones somewhere. Yeah. Um 
But yeah, yeah I, I recommend people getting these these individual issues because again, the colors look so good on this paper stock, and they oh, yeah. they really do read very well. All these issues. All oh great. yeah, no, absolutely. Those pinups are great, and and I guess these days it's taken over a little little bit by variant covers, which are you know great pinups mm. in in themselves. But I, I, I like that. Yeah, but I mean, I just love those random pinups that you get, um, you know, especially in Marvel fanfare, that sort of thing. Um, mm. And we will kind of, I guess, talk about each and every one of those pinups, Justin, and the backup story. But listeners, it will not be included in this episode. Uh, what Justin and I have decided to do, it's, it's a kind of a first thing. It's the first time that we're going to try try this. There is actually a backup story in Marvel Fanfare. Uh, it's a, a short story. It's called Duet, and it will be available as a bonus episode for Patreon members. So, uh, so if you want to um, listen to Justin and I's thoughts on the rest of this Marvel Fanfare issue, um, please go over to Patreon and and consider, uh, you know, joining. Uh, and there's some bonus episodes there for. For you so um yeah so so justin yeah well let's take a quick break before uh yes. we come back to and we'll just wrap up the rest of this episode sounds good Are you a fan of comic books? Are you a fan of comic book villains? Well, join me, Russell, as we take a walk on the dark side with Tomes of Evil, the podcast dedicated to discussing, analyzing, and overall glorifying the villains of Marvel Comics, DC Comics, and all your favorite indie books. Tones of Evil, a comic book villain podcast. Yes, welcome back, loony listeners. You are listening to Into the Night of the Moon Knight podcast. This is episode 236, and on the other side of that break, you heard Justin and I's discussions on Marvel Fanfare 38, Justin, which was um, which was a hoot, so to speak. Justin the Owl. It was a hoot. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a hoot. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. So um, plenty of stuff there, well worth checking out um, for sure. Uh, no feedback for this instance. Um, we are, truth be told, recording a little ahead of time. So um, I will still be putting up a discussion thread on this issue. Uh, so feel free, please, to, to just drop your thoughts in on it. And uh, we can always read it out in later episodes. But um, interesting to see what everyone else thought of that issue, Justin, because, uh, yeah, it was a, a quirky one um, and it was of that kind of Fist of Conchu era. So depending on people, if people like that era or not, um, whether they might like this one. Yeah, I think that era is kind of polarizing amongst yeah. Moon Knight fans. 
for understandable reasons. So I'd love to hear what what people think about this. Yeah, yeah. I know, and, and I've kind of said it before. Like I, I'm really a convert. I I'll go on to say on record, you know, Fisticonchi for me probably was my least favorite um, run mm-hmm. um, earlier on, but I've really warmed to it, and um, so I'm, I'm really enjoying it now. Doing a reread of it and reading stories like this, which is very kind of um, arm in arm with Fisticonchi, it's, mm. it's just really fun. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it's because I am yeah. reading more West Coast Avengers as well, which is kind of the same kind of the same mm-hmm. thing um but yeah right. i know that you've always liked it justin oh definitely i i i, I like the dark edge of moon knight a lot but i also like the lighter stories too to balance that out from time to time mm-hmm. and it was nice to see that in this in this story a little bit of a lighter touch to yeah. balance out some of the other darker stuff it's good mm. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. as mentioned, um, Looney's on any of our many platforms, on Facebook, in our group, Twitter, uh, YouTube. We, we do get um, some awesome feedback time to time from CMK7, people, people, boop, uh, Instagram. Mm-hmm. We've got the website. Um, just drop us a line. We uh, really do enjoy it. Uh, Justin, this pretty much wraps up our episode uh, this time. Um, just wanted to... Ask spectacle wise, uh, where can other loonies hear you if they want to? Well, I've actually just well by the time this episode comes out, actually people might have heard me on Tomes of Evil, mm-hmm. the super villain podcast, comic book super villain podcast, which I'm co-hosting with Russell. Mm-hmm. And uh, by the time this episode comes out, I think there will be five or six episodes that people nice. can listen to. Yeah, and I know that Russell had reformatted the show um, somewhat. Um, so I mean, by again, by this time you, you probably would have, if you checked out Terms of Evil, and again we'll put the the links in the show notes. Uh, you'll probably see um, how so. Uh, originally, it was more looking at a a villain of the villain of the week, so to speak. Um, but mm. now it's, it's branched mm. off uh, beyond that. But it uh, sounds like a lot of fun, Justin. And I know we've got something coming up. Well, I, I, um, I've been invited on. I can't wait to chat with you and Russell uh, uh, next oh, month, yeah. so I believe. Oh, yeah, we're going to have a great time. Yeah. Yeah, yeah uh, we're talking about a great villain. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, well, yeah. uh, oh, actually, I was about to say, don't want to spoil anything, but I did say Russell has yeah. <laughs> has uh, posted that all, all around. I, I wanted to actually say <laughs> Justin as well, um, because <laughs> listeners, Justin, just off, off topic totally, um, Justin has found uh, all your old copies of the Marvel of the Universe mini comics. <laughs> oh, yes, that? it came with all the action figures, yes. Oh. I, I was so excited to find those, and I, I, I knew that I had to send you the picture right away. Yes. <laughs> you sent us a picture, that, and literally that emoticon I sent, blowing, you just you blew my mind with that. It's like, <laughs> I can't believe how well they're all kept and stuff. Like, you did brilliantly. So, Oh, thank you. Yeah, I... I purposefully kept them in good shape because I love them so much. It was one of those oh, rare man. cases where they actually survived 40 years. <laughs> yeah, that is crazy. Have you have you kind of reopened them? Do you know are they sequential or are they just all one one shots? I can't remember. They they're pretty much all one shots. Yeah. yeah. The, okay. the 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 comics that the, sometimes they they focused on the the character uh, who who they came, the comic came with. Right. Yes. Like, um, like many faces or something. Stinkle. Like that, 
Supreme Court. Tyranny, me. Oh, so good. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's awesome. It's awesome. Anyway, uh, listeners, uh, a bit of a fan of Marvel the Universe, so um, understandably, when Justin showed Russell and I your your photos of the mini comics, it was just uh, it's amazing. So I'm glad you like those. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I mean, drawing from that, Justin, I'm sure um, come our. Um, our episode with Russell on his show with uh, all about Skeletor. That would be cool. Mm, that will be fun. We're going to have a lot of fun talking about him. Yeah. <laughs> um, next phase, loonies. And now just another reminder, what I mentioned, uh, Justin and I are actually going to review the rest of this Marvel fanfare issue 38. It's not Moon Knight related. It's all to do with Dazzler and Rogue. But you can find that episode as a bonus episode on our Patreon page. So so please consider um, checking out our page on patreon.com slash itkmoonnight. There are other incentives there as well. You can get raw, uncut um, audio footage, audio, I don't know what you call them, audio files of, uh, of the shows. Uh, there's scripts there. There are, you know, ITK serial files, all, all that sort of stuff. Uh, go check it out if you can. Um, next phase, though... Episode 237, we're going to return to our idle chat at the, the top of the week, and uh, we'll be inviting uh, fellow High Priest of Conchie, Rebecca, back, um, and it will be part two of our, I guess, uh, our um, insight, exploration of understanding DID. So that mm. will be coupled with with Lena, um, a, an ITK loony, uh, her um, thoughts on it. Lena has DID uh, as part of a system, uh, has been very generous in sharing uh, information and and um, and own experiences there. So that will uh, be something definitely I'll be looking forward to. Um, but mm, yeah, Justin, me uh, too. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 a really good eye. I mean, it really does dispel some myths that we may have thought. Um, Oh, you know, previously mm-hmm. about DID, uh, so definitely mm-hmm. go go check it out. Um, yeah. Also, as well, a just a recap sponsored again by Fringe Night. Uh, so if you can support Fringe Night by Daniel doing his Patreon page on uh, patreoncom slash night 27 Sorry, Russell, I just have to wait for that ambulance to go. Um, oh, well. <laughs> there was just one, yeah. Uh, I'll, cut, I'll cut this out. <laughs> um, <laughs> also, as well, a big sponsor and a big shout-out to Tombs by Drew Tombs. So you can support Tombs with a Z uh, on SoundCloud at soundcloud.com slash tombs with a Z. Or you can check out Drew's music as Lurk Music, Lurk Music with a CK. Uh, on Bandcamp at lurkmusic.bandcamp.com. Sorry, so all of these are in the show notes as well. And finally, Dreamland Comics. Uh, if you use the uh, the code Moon, you'll get a promo. Oh, what am I doing? I'm reading this off the <laughs> Dreamland Comics. If you use the code Moon, you'll get twenty percent off their their back issues. Um, so go check out them from Illinois. Some great great people there finally we're part of the collective uh so a group of of all these other podcasts fantastic stuff stuff like um tomes of evil with with justin on there <laughs> and russell a super villain podcast uh but also a uh, shout out to the likes of dread or dead based on judge dread uh and the fantasy comic league podcast uh hosted by brian and sean all to do with the fantasy comic league uh which is 
fantastic. We've been part of in the past and would love to do it again. Uh, finally, you can contact us on an email, feedback at itkmoonlight.com. We've got a website as well, itkmoonlight.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Discord, Get Vocal, and Podchaser as well. And incidentally, if you want to leave a review, please do. Five stars, I'd absolutely love it. And Conshu uh, will shower you with gifts. Um, and <laughs> that just helps us get out there a bit a bit further um, to, to reach other loonies who may want to listen to people talk about Moon Knight. So, so there you go. A, a huge thank you, Justin. Uh, thank you so much for joining. Uh, it's always a pleasure. Well, thank you for having me back. Yeah, it was fun to revisit this issue. It had been a few years since I read this one. It was fun to read it again. Yeah, me too. It's been been ages, uh, but it was it was a heap of fun. And with my renewed love of Fist of Conchu, I think it was uh, extra special. <laughs> no. Good, good, yeah. <laughs> well, with that, loonies, as always, may Conchu watch over the denizens of the night. Catch you later. Take care, everyone. and affiliated characters, stories and events are properties of Marvel Characters Incorporated. Materials used and discussed within the podcast are intended for critique and review purposes only under the fair dealing concept of the current Copyright Act. The views, information or opinions expressed during the podcast are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the copyright owners.